0: Welcome to Bite-sized dental marketing. Today I have Ash with me. Ash works at Edwards and Associates and does amazing things. I mean, Ash, I think we share what 25, 30 offices together, and everyone mm-hmm. speaks such highly of you guys. And the one that I remember the most is uh Robert sent us a video to edit. And I was like, man, and, and it was the noise was terrible. He was standing in front of a helicopter. I'm not no uh, an airplane, <laughs> and it was a dentist down in Seven Points that I didn't even know that we had a mutual client together, but uh, and he he was given this great testimonial. But you guys sent us the video to see if we could cut the propeller noise out of it. <laughs> and his name was Doctor Lore, and he Thank sold you. his practice. But I think it was that moment that I realized what a small world it is in the dental space. Is that I knew we had. 20 accounts together by then that we shared. But to have this random one come across our desk to help you guys clean up, I'm like, oh, my God, that's 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 one of our offices was pretty funny, man. Oh, yeah. I love a good I love a good origin story. I'd love to hear how you ended up at Edwards and Associates and where you came from and what's going on in the marketplace.
1: Well, first and foremost, I am honored to be on this podcast. It's great. I know. Uh, you guys have been working on this for some time. So to finally see it come to fruition and, you know, be here, it's great. You know, and being a fellow podcaster myself, I know it's quite an achievement, especially, you know, just to get the ball rolling. It's
0: been a long, it's been a long, hard journey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm actually an accounting major, right? So when I went to school, decided, you know, uh, you know what, honestly, you know, I need to go further back. I was actually a pre-med major originally. Um, I remember uh, they gave me a scholarship for it, but I was looking for a second scholarship to add on that would also cover my room and board, but they changed some kind of a policy. Um, this was way back when the recession just kicked in around 2008 and they said, you know what, um, we just changed our policy that each student is capable of getting only one scholarship at a time. I'm like, oh boy, now what do I do? And I think they were talking about like maybe going to a community college or something and then coming back, maybe if the policy changes. But then um, I remember uh, talking to an uncle of mine who was a CPA and I was kind of sharing my concerns with him. that Hey, look, I'm in pre-med, but, uh, you know, with the way things are, I just don't know what I should do. And he was like, you know what? Have you ever considered switching to business, like mm-hmm. a bit becoming a business major? I'm like, no, I never have. And he's like, well, you know, I'm. I am in public accounting, and if you want to, you can just try it accounting for a little bit uh because believe it or not, uh, especially in the tax area, it's somewhat recession proof because regardless mm-hmm. of how your clients are doing, they're still obligated to you know file their due diligence work yep. so
0: got gotta follow that, those gap
1: principles right gap principles <laughs> exactly, and I think. That got me thinking. I'm like, you know what? Just for one semester, let me take a couple of accounting classes. Let's see if I like it. I took a couple of classes, and it was nice, and I was doing well, and it was pretty intriguing, and that just led me into this field. Now, Edwards and Sosa, this is funny because um, I was originally in Pennsylvania, and then I transferred in to uh, University of Texas at Dallas here in Texas. But when I came here, I barely knew anyone here. Uh, let alone someone within the industry who was going to write me a recommendation letter for a job or an, even an internship i remember during my senior year it was i was frightened i was constantly like oh my goodness am i even going to have a job you know once i graduate but during this marketing project i remember just bringing that up with my group members and one of those group members overheard me saying that i'm looking for a job I'm currently in the market and what she did was she went and told her mom that, hey, um, I have a friend who's looking for an internship. Can you help him out? Now, the mom was actually working at Edwards & Associates at that time. and She was like, oh, you're talking about a friend? Sure. And, you know, just pass me the resume and, you know, all this information. And one day this girl just calls me up and says, hey, can I have your resume? You know, I may know someone who can help you out. And I'm like, okay, sure. So I passed her the information and she ordered it to her mother. And then next I know, I get called in for an interview, did the interview, got an offer right then and there. And then that's this how it started up. And this was like eight years ago.
0: Oh, that's so great. Now, was the interview with Robert or was it with someone else?
1: No, it was actually with Lynn in the office. Lynn, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I need to have Lynn on the podcast. Her and I are kindred spirits at networking events. We both sort of, you know, find other introverts, and you know, like, like sort of, sort of pull off to the corner while Andre and
1: Robert and the others, you know, You're right. I see. I the see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah,
1: mm-hmm, yeah. But she does a lot for the firm, honestly. I mean, what you just mentioned, you know, uh, because she tries to stay away from the limelight, a lot of times she gets unnoticed. But believe it or not, this firm wouldn't have been where it is had she not been there.
0: No, you can just see when you talk to her that she knows exactly what she's talking about. And it's pretty fascinating. Like, I, I really, I've always enjoyed my conversations with her. We traded a couple of books um it doesn't have to be crazy at work by the base camp guys and the uh, netflix you know uh mm-hmm. culture book we've you know we've uh we traded i need to we have a book club i need to get her get her into yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah. what what do you see happening in the industry yes as, as we go through this twenty twenty three and no one's talking about covid and everyone you know is talking about recession and yeah i I guess, I guess what, as of last month, we're technically not in a bull market again. I uh, What's going on out there?
1: Well, let me see in the dental world. Um, I feel like the one thing that we have to talk about would be uh, impact the solicitors are having on our clients. Hmm. Uh, there was a specific COVID relief option that was available, honestly, since 2021. But because solicitors have gotten more informed on it. Just recently, they're being more active about it. It's called the employee retention credit. Uh-huh. So we've been getting a lot of uh, questions from our clients regarding that and saying, hey, how do I apply for it? Or can you give me the documents when in reality, you know, we've already done it for them. Like two years ago, when it first came out, we went ahead and filed for the credit. Um, one thing we always have taken pride in is that we try to stay informed on what's going on within the industry not just you know with benchmarks but at the same time with any kind of tax credits that are out there or other relief options that our clients can utilize and take advantage of um you may already know this we're members of the academy of dental cpas Mm -hmm. and we have a vast network all across the country and what we do is we work as a group to get all the information that we need so we can stay on top of things and be one of the first within the industry to be able to notify our clients Um, so going back to your question, the ERC is one of those things that we're having to tackle right now. The other concern is what you just mentioned, you know, with COVID kind of like messing up trajectories, forecasting the plans, you Mm -hmm. can't really, you know, go off of those quarterly reports anymore. They're having to set a new platform or new starting point, so to speak, where, you know, a lot of the clients are going above and beyond, doing more during Q1. And I know, you know, right now we're in June of 2023. Uh, They're doing the same thing uh, in Q2, hoping for a better outcome by the time they start out Q3. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, some of the changes that I'm noticing, which honestly intrigues me sometimes when I'm talking to them, is uh, they're they're being really creative. Some of my clients are being Uh really, really creative. Like they are doing diversified services Uh, They're not, what I mean by that is they're not just sticking to the traditional services that they offer. Like for instance, let's say we're talking about a general dentist and he's got a practice with five operatory rooms. Maybe he has only three equipped. The two, it's been sitting there. They're coming up with ways where they can utilize those two other operatory rooms, uh, still generate revenue. Like one of them, I think recently got into facial aesthetics. Uh Uh, Yeah, bought like this huge equipment and the company offered like CE and training and Separate marketing for it. This client now offers, you know, Botox and other things uh, that he enmeshed with his current portfolio of services that he offers. I have another client who has joined forces with uh, family members that are in um, the med spa uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. industry trying um, to provide that. Like oh, even on the website, they'll they'll mention that if you're interested in this, click here. And then we'll be able to help you out with this. So it's kind of fascinating.
0: Yeah, that. it's it's pretty wild out there right now. We had a doctor from Chicago come on the show a couple of weeks ago. I think it went live, you know, less than a week ago. But uh, Dr. Brittany Dickinson, and uh, mm-hmm. she runs a loft up in, in, in there. And next door, she has, next to her dental loft, she has this thing called the plump room. Okay. And it's an aesthetic practice that she is really passionate about, and she got into it kind of, the, kind of the same because obviously, you know, you know, she wanted to to increase revenue, but she's also just passionate about it, about the. But her thing was she wanted she didn't want to just you know go do the selling sunset sort of style of you know lips. She was going for symmetry, and okay. she started using it just to sort of complement the the smile makeover work that she did. She really wanted it to be natural and, and looking at things as she did that, that aesthetic side of her practice started to grow and she's quite the injectionist now. The dentist, part of what makes a compelling smile is the symmetry of the cheeks and the, the you know, all the things. and Yeah. And that's how she started doing it. And she, you know, has mm-hmm. really done well layering in aesthetics. I had a question on the, the huh? uh, employee retention credits, the ERC stuff. And this is a very ignorant question. So, you know, for, forgive me. I have heard since all, since everyone is now talking about it, that it has now raised the awareness of the IRS that they're looking at the ERCs closer than they perhaps previously did in, in, in,
1: in previous years. That's is that something
0: correct. you're hearing? Is that just a rumor that I'm hearing?
1: No, that's not a rumor. That's actually true that, you know, if you do decide to, you know, um, move forward with filing for the ERC credit with um, one of these companies, just be sure that they know what they're doing, they're following all the rules before they file for the credit. Uh, because if not, you could get into trouble.
0: Are you telling me that there are people out there that would have a company file a tax credit that was not my CPA and tax team?
1: The, yes. That yes. You're, you're lying.
0: No, I'm serious. would never do that in a I'm world.
1: Very serious. Exactly right. Who, See, who, that's what who, I say. Who, that it, who does that? Goodness. Oh, tell me about it. It's crazy. I mean, even the word "taxes" in there, and you would think that's <laughs> something that would have a CPA do it.
0: No, there's one. There's one person doing my taxes, and, and, and uh, I'm not. I'm not putting two in that group. No. Yeah. But you, you know, funny.
1: sometimes they, they have this pitch. You know that even the smartest of people out there sometimes um, get. Persuaded. I mean, and, and it's usually like this. They're like, oh, you know, you may be eligible for the ERC credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And then when you're thinking, oh, wow, I've got like 10 employees on my payroll, that's $260,000 immediately.
0: I'm excited. Oh, goodness. Quarter
1: million bucks. Yeah, right there. Yeah. How do I get this done? Let's get this rolling. You know, the other thing I always tell people is that, you know, Have your alert antenna up kind of whenever you hear something like that Um, because most of these companies, they charge you a percentage of whatever credit you're going to get. So it is in their best interest to make sure you get the highest credit. And if necessary, if they need to avoid some of the rules to get you qualified for that credit, they will do that. We have seen that. Yeah. Um, And it's a huge mess to fix it later.
0: And part part of the employee tax credit was you had to be shut down via is is am I am I remembering it right like like the, it wasn't no, just you right. you arbitrarily closed you no, you 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 had to be denied the ability to conduct business. That is true. If, if I remember, is that,
1: okay. Okay. Yeah, that's one part of it. That's definitely one look, part look, of it. Look, they,
0: look at the marketing guy
1: go. <laughs> hey, that's good. You know, staying informed really helps. You know, and that's something I always tell people that, you know, there's a difference between being an employee versus an employer. Once you're an employer, you're you're the boss, you know, you need to educate yourself more, be more proactive. Uh, you can't just focus on clinical work. Right. So yeah, yeah. you telling me that tells me that you're a good entrepreneur.
0: I feel like it some days. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some days I feel like some days I feel like I'm on my game kind of transitioning over how are your offices doing in 2023 so far I, i know you mentioned the projections we used to see the same i mean we used to rely on june and july being great months for for a lot of our practices assuming the doctors weren't taking uh vacations and stuff and um you know, December used to be gangbusters, and September used to be slow. And, and and I think some of those trends still live there, but they're they're definitely sort of squashing a little bit and, and being compressed. How are you? How are you guys doing in 2023
1: so far? I think for a lot of our clients, then at least most of the ones that I've looked at, seem like March was the best month, and I'm still to figure out why. Um, I've had a few phone calls with them and they just said, you know, it was just good. I um, would ask them, like, did you do anything different? And they're like, no, it just seemed like, you know, uh, it was just a good month. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of good to know. Doesn't really help me with figuring out what can be implemented, <laughs> yeah. you know, on a consistent level so we can have that same uh, amount of collections every month. Yeah, But, yeah. Yeah. but 2023, honestly, um have Personally, I feel like it's better, especially for the established clients. And I'm talking about at least uh, the ones that are doing 1.2 million a year. Uh, 2023 has been better. Uh, Some of the startups, uh, again, if they have utilized um, proper marketing, uh, it has been a game changer for them. Uh, But for the ones that haven't really changed anything, if they've stayed on that same status quo, I've actually seen them degrade, like their collections falling, soften a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's really interesting. We've we've seen similar. Our established practices that have good brand identity, that have you know consistently put forth a good product, gotten consistent reviews, things like that. I, I, they're growing. They've had great months. We have seen some weakness in the startup, in the startups mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, the de novos specifically. Right. Yeah.
1: And I think I'll need to mention this, that I know that even when our clients are talking with us, we sometimes go over um, benchmarks with them. However, if you are a startup, of course, you know, those numbers don't mean anything, right? Because you're Mm -hmm. barely collecting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, what are you going to spend? In those instances, I always tell them that, you know, set aside a flat rate per month that you can spend on marketing and it's okay to overspend. Just set up like a campaign period Like try it out for a few months and see uh, what you get at the end of the pipeline because it takes some time before those changes are implemented to see a result. Um, and it it just goes back to that old saying that to make money you have to spend money, and marketing is one of those Mm -hmm. things that I always feel like makes a big difference. And in the right areas too, I should mention because you know I feel like whenever I talk with people about marketing, they go, "Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like SEO." website Mm -hmm, mm social media and they just leave it there and i'm like okay uh we are in 2023 so it seems like majority of people know what those things are but when we're talking about the industry we have to talk about specifics what works and what doesn't and just because something worked for your friend who's in a different city doesn't mean it's going to work with you so to be able to go over those specifics i always feel like talking to someone or a professional company that specializes in this industry will definitely go a long way Um, and it changes, right? The market changes. You know, what does may have worked 10 years ago, may not work anymore.
0: I think that the investment in marketing, especially in a startup, I like it in the branding. I like it in the photography and video. Mm -hmm. I like it in narrating a story of what you represent. Um, I don't love it in pay-per-click ads. I don't love it in mailers. And I think of, you know, renting versus buying. I think that if you invest in your website, if you invest in, the the branding around it if you invest in those things, I, I think those are good long term investments that will la- last you three, four, five, six, seven years. What I don't like about PPC postcards and things like that, mm-hmm. especially in the early days. I I, I think there's mm-hmm. a I think there's a role for everything in marketing. I I, I don't love postcards in 2023 under any scenario, but that's a different story. But I like PPC ads when you add a doctor and you want to boost. I like PPC ads when you run technology and you want to get your word out there quickly. But like I think that good content on your website is always worth investing in, especially mm. if you're a startup. Yeah. And I know that people will be like, well, PPC drives calls. and Sure, it does. But if you don't have a good underlying site and, and, and footprint, I don't like the investment in, in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Yeah. Man, Ash, this has been amazing. And thank you so much for your time. And uh, oh, for being on the show. Oh yeah. absolutely great it was a insights.
1: a pleasure. absolutely it's it's been a pleasure. And you know before we sign off just to summarize I would like to just mention that there have been changes in 2023 uh in comparison to those covid years that I would like to call um for some of our established clients it's been more of an uptake some of the startups think of other additional services to add that can actually help get that growth that your friends may have talked to you about you may think what you heard from other people or read on articles but you know talk to some professionals to get more insights that may be more specific to your uh practice and again you know this is a beautiful beginning with you guys having actually a podcast a platform where people can listen to all this free advice i mean that's amazing I, you know I, mm-hmm. I love that about this platform this, Yeah. you yeah, know yeah. there's a lot of good content out there I and mean, with with our small world you know the dental world Uh, Any information, good, solid, credible information that we get goes a long way.
0: Awesome, man. Thanks for being on the show. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure being here.